Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to your Essential Power Podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you all a little story. So if you've followed me for a while or know me personally or professionally, you know that coaching is not my only business or it wasn't. I actually owned a aerial studio for over 15 years and taught in that industry for over 20. And as recently as a few months ago, I actually closed that business. Now, I could make the argument that it was strictly due to COVID. Um, And obviously that did have an effect on business just because, you know, we had to run classes in limited amounts. But I had actually been planning to get out of that business for quite some time. And I want to talk today about that journey there and how that was really affected both building the business and ending it by my journey of living with a narcissistic parent or as in growing up with a narcissistic parent and healing from that, doing the work around that. One thing that I find quite often we don't discuss as much when it comes to the ways that growing up with a narcissistic parent, especially for those of us that are daughters Um, or vulva-owning humans of narcissistic mothers is the ways it affects our, our relationship to business and to money. We talk often about how it affects our abilities to show up in our romantic relationships or partnerships, our abilities to trust ourselves, feel confident in ourselves, be our authentic selves, use our voices, speak up for ourselves, set boundaries, stop people pleasing, all of those things. And it's kind of a disservice when we only talk about that end of it because it goes so much farther than that. The way we feel about ourselves and the way we show up in this world as ourselves plays into everything else. If you don't have a good relationship with your body, a lot of times there's ends of that that show up in your relationship to the world, right? To other people and other situations, which is not limited to our personal relationships that plays heavily into professional. And even if you have a certain amount of success in your professional life and you're doing pretty well in it, it doesn't mean there's not room for that to go even further. Gay Hendricks wrote an incredible book talking about your... um, level of greatness, your ability to step into your greatness. And it's one that I personally love um, and I recommend quite often. It's called Taking the Leap. 
And he talks about, you know, the ways that we limit ourselves from stepping into our level of genius. We'll step into excellence, but we won't step into our genius level. A lot of times due to limiting beliefs, right? We do that often. And then if you add in somebody that grew up with a parent that was maybe constantly telling you you were selfish, right? I grew up with that all the time. I, I heard that I was selfish nonstop. How do you show up in your work life, your business life, your money, way, in ways that are affected by that story? If you were constantly gaslit or, you know, if your parent denied doing harmful or hurtful things to you, so you never felt validated, maybe you were constantly taught that you didn't get to be seen, you didn't get to be heard, who you were wasn't ever good enough. Maybe you had that parent that was always nitpicking at your appearance, the way that you spoke, the way that you dressed, the way that you showed up in the world, you know, what you were interested in, how smart you were or not, all of those things. They all compile in to affect how we show up in other areas. So to begin this story, I want to start off by saying something really important to some of my listeners, because some of them have been clients of mine in that business. And to those clients that have been a part of my journey in owning a pulmonary studio and then have done coaching work with me, or maybe haven't, but have looked into it, I want you to know this. Not all of you were the cause of my trauma. There were definitely good parts. There were always good parts and there were always good people. And there are people that I absolutely cherish from it. But as with any person that grew up constantly trying to seek the approval and love of the parent that was hurtful and harmful, the narcissistic parent, my focus and energy wasn't always on you. My focus and energy was mostly affected by the people that caused tremendous harm, by the situations that caused tremendous harm. And I'm not saying that I'm not taking responsibility for any of that, because I am. I own where I could have done better. I could have set a different precedent coming in. But my lack of healing affected my ability to do that. And I can recognize that now, which is why it was time for me to let it go. What I had created was its own beast and I couldn't move out of that. So if you're listening to this and you feel a little bit slighted because you thought we had a great relationship or think we do, we do. Some of you I absolutely adore and I cherish the fact that you have followed me on this journey. So I just want to take a moment and acknowledge that and also acknowledge that things are not always <laughs> all one way, right? There can be nuances to this. I'm going to be focusing mostly on the ways that I created negative effects or got negative effects out of this business. So I want to start back when I created my studio because 
When I created my studio, I was actually going through a pretty traumatic custody battle with my ex over my daughter. A custody battle that my narcissistic mother actually paid for. Why did she pay for it? It was punishment. Um, when I had gotten pregnant, one of the last things my mother had said to me was that children are a burden. I would regret this. I would never amount to anything. I would never be successful. I was too selfish to raise a child and she was going to have to step in and take care of everything. And she didn't care if I died. She didn't care if I killed myself. She had said the same things to my father. Um, and there's more parts to that that I could go into, but that's a story for a different day. We'll be writing that in my, my memoir, right? Um, but that was the last conversation I had with her. And at that time, I was extremely scared and alone and feeling frightened as anybody would if they realized they were going to have their first child at the, by the age of 20, right? I needed my mother and it was my last attempt to get her to be a mom and she didn't do that. So it caused a lot of hurt and being pregnant myself, I couldn't imagine feeling that way to this little person I was growing inside of me. So fast forward a few years, I had left my ex that was also very narcissistic and very abusive. And a few years had gone by where he was not in contact with us. He had nothing to do with us. I had, at the time, started working for the first Pulse studio that ever opened in town. I got hired the first day. Um, I took a class there, and it was one of the first classes there because I had already known Paul from having been a stripper and I knew dance and I knew teaching. So in that time, I also worked for a very narcissistic boss at that studio who eventually, after realizing that she couldn't use me for any more, there was thousands of dollars of pay that I did not receive because she had me managing for free, essentially. And there was always promises of like, oh, it'll be on your next check. And I could make the argument that that wasn't okay for her to do, but it also wasn't okay for me to continue working for somebody for as long as I did without receiving the pay that I needed and wanted. So I left. I'd already had the vision of creating a pole studio before I ever started for her. But having just left my daughter's father and, you know, being not in a great financial place at that time, I didn't do it. So here I was back at the journey of creating this. But the vision I had for it wasn't the vision of what I created. I wrote down a very detailed business plan. It had a one-year, three-year, five-year, and 10-year plan for it. And the vision that I had set out to create was this beautiful healing place focused mostly for women or women-identifying people. I wanted 
to create a space to do somatic work with them. I just at that time while I was going, still going back to school and getting my education and fighting this massive custody battle, I had no foresight to understand what coaching would look like, what trauma-based coaching would look like or somatic arts, right? Somatic therapy and the, the art, because I consider it an art to facilitate somatic therapy. I had no idea what any of that would look like. And we didn't even have the internet that we have today that could create that. So I had this beautiful vision. But what was going on inside is I was going through this custody battle with a narcissistic ex that was fueled by my narcissistic mother. And I just left working for a narcissistic boss. This is not uncommon for those of us that have been through narcissistic um, abuse in early childhood. We seek out people that mimic our parent that was like that. Because we're in some way, we're trying to recreate the relationship in hopes of creating a different result. That was very true for me. And it's been true for many of my clients. And all it was doing was creating more compounded trauma because on top of, you know, the normal gaslighting and denying and, you know, flipping things back on me that my ex was doing, there was also other abuses that were there. My former boss was financially abusive and not paying me taking advantage of my work and my belief in what we were creating and building. And all of that had an effect and I didn't take a step back to work on it. Many of us that go through this type of abuse, we knew that we had bad childhoods. We knew that we had pain in our childhoods. The problem is for a lot of us, we think we can just push it under the rug, you know, sweep it away pretend like it's not there, and try to push ourselves through, right? And it wasn't working. It was never going to work. I just couldn't see it then. And this is even from somebody that was going to school for a psychology profession, right? I was doing that work. I was even focusing in on women's health and sexuality studies. I knew my trauma, but I wasn't ready to face it. And this is true for so many of us. This is why so many of us, we will dabble in a little bit of healing, right? We'll read a book, we'll join a course, we'll join a community, we'll you know try out a few different things, and we'll keep dipping our toes in and then stepping back out and moving away from it because it takes a lot of courage to face the core of everything that we've been through. It takes a lot of courage to face the lines, the webs that come from those core wounds and affect how we believe, how we show up, how we allow our lives to be run and led in present day. 
we create lots of patterns of behaviors that are affected by those core wounds. And that means we have to understand where we take part in some of that. It's not to say that we deserved any of it or we asked for any of it, we didn't. But there is a point where we have to understand we did participate in continuing the wounding, whether consciously or unconsciously, right? And that's what I wasn't ready to face in that time. So I had this beautiful vision and I thought, well, I'm good at teaching pole. So I'm going to start this as a pole studio. And then I can expand on to meditation classes, yoga classes, Reiki classes, and other modalities of healing and get into things. And what I didn't see at that time was that it had nothing to do with me being this exceptional pole teacher. Now, don't get me wrong. I was great at it. I was great as pole and aerial. There's an understanding that I have of the theory and physics behind it that is quite elevated. However, I believed that was all I was good at because that was all I was willing to let myself see because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I was really that great because there was still this voice in my head, this voice of my mother saying I wasn't that great. I wasn't that talented. I wasn't that special. And it didn't matter how much I grew up with a father that was always telling me how special I was and my grandmother telling me I was so special. And I had this beautiful light and this beautiful gift within me because it's the game of the wolf, right? I've talked about this before. The, the story of the wolf, two wolves, which one do you feed? Many of us that grew up in narcissistic households or toxic households, the parent that we listen to the most, the voice that we listen to the most, is the one of the person that's saying, you're not enough, you're selfish, you're worthless. You do everything wrong because we're constantly trying to prove that we're worthy. We're hoping beyond all hope that at some point that parent or that person is going to say, you finally are worthy. You're finally enough. And the truth is they're never going to do that because it really doesn't have anything to do with us. These are people that are toxic within their own right. They're insecure within their own bodies. They don't feel love for themselves or others. That's limited. So it really has nothing to do with us. But when you're young, you don't see that. You don't know that. You just know that your mother didn't love you or thought you were a burden or thought you were never good enough. So you constantly felt not good enough. So there's only so much you're willing to believe in yourself. It's not true for everybody, but there's a large majority of us that feel that truth. So when I created this business, I really thought that what my gift was was teaching pole and aerial, which was not true. Again, I'm great at those things. I was, but 
That wasn't the truth, but it's what I allowed myself to believe. And in this time where I was going through this custody battle and going through even more trauma because here I was, a mother, trying to be different, trying to be better. And I felt like my very ability to protect my daughter from what I grew up with was being taken from me by my own mother. She was forcing me to put my daughter through what she put me through. And the feelings of not enoughness, the feelings of inadequacy, of feeling like a failure as a parent, not a good parent, feeling not responsible because I couldn't do the one thing that I wanted to do, which was protect her from all that, were stripped from me. And I fought like hell and I did get her counseling and support. I just didn't get myself support through that which was part of the problem. I didn't do the own work that I needed to do to, to really work through all of what was going on. And I blamed myself for a lot of it, even though there was nothing for me to blame myself for. So during all of this, I was building a business and listening to everybody else but myself. This vision that I had that was so pure and so beautiful. And I'm essentially living it out now, just not quite in the ways that I thought I would, because in that time period, I had no idea that I would be able to create an entire coaching business online and reach more people than were just in my city. But I was still creating something beautiful in that paper. My sense of self-worth, though, didn't allow me to even think of what I really wanted, to look at that paper, to look at that, you know, proposal and plan that I made and execute that plan. I'm not saying that it would have worked that way entirely. Maybe my city would not have been ready for that type of business, right? Who knows? Maybe it would have blown up. Maybe it wouldn't. It's not the point. The point is, I spent so much time listening to other people, taking their advice. You should open a studio here. You should add in Ariel. You should do this. You should make classes more trick-based. People want to work out. People want this. I did everything that everybody else wanted because inside, this little girl, this little me was running the show still desperately looking for somebody to say you're enough. And all I did through that time was cause myself more and more financial hardship. I struggled for so many years because I refused to charge what I knew I needed to. It wasn't even like, you know, when uh, there are some people that start a business and they don't take the time to understand what their actual expenses are going to be and calculate that with what they want to earn off the business. I knew what it would cost for me to make a living from this, to, to support myself and to support my daughter. I knew what that cost was. It was quite a bit higher than what I was charging. 
and I was terrified to charge what I wanted to charge. And some people could make the argument of like, well, you have to go off of the city you're in. That is true. But within a year of me opening my studio, because of a lot of bad financial decisions for my former boss, tax liens for non-payment and all kind of things, she actually closed. So it was just me. And she even charged more than what I was making or what I was charging. But I wouldn't do it because what I was afraid of is what would happen anytime I did a slight price increase. People complaining about the cost of classes. People making me feel guilty and bad about it. And then going off and buying their own apparatus and teaching themselves thinking I was just some money-grubbing bitch, right? I, I can't tell you the amount of people that called me a power-hungry or money-hungry bitch. So many. And the thing about that was they had no idea that behind the scenes, I was barely making anything. I was pulling in maybe $2,000 a month for myself, for living expenses, for me and my daughter. Not enough to live off of. Certainly not. We, all, we can all, you know, go and look at what actual cost of living is to, to, you know, live comfortably in our society versus what most people make. It wasn't enough. But more importantly, these were people that didn't matter. They just didn't matter. And I was making them matter. I was making their voices matter. I was choosing to put my business in locations that I knew I didn't really want. I knew where I wanted to be. I knew where would be good to be. And I kept listening to everybody else. I kept adding things in that I didn't want to or changing things around to appease other people. I kept offering more and more class times with just a few people in that class or maybe even just one sometimes because everybody else demanded it of me. And again, it's not to put full blame on them. It's just to illustrate how much I let their voices affect what I was doing to the point that I caused myself extreme financial hardship. There can be an argument over doing things out of ego, right? I grew my business to points that I couldn't really handle it, right? And, and luckily, I never took out big loans or anything like that to get myself in trouble. But I made decisions that I didn't want to make because other people were pushing me to do it. In the meantime, these were people that were demanding more and more of me. For every one great staff member I had, I had at least three or four abusive ones that very much emulated my mother. They wanted more and more from me, so I kept giving it. And then I would get upset because I could see the lack of respect from them. They treated me almost like their mother or their friend. And not saying that you shouldn't have a good relationship with your staff. I absolutely believe that. 
But this wasn't a healthy relationship because I was also getting more and more isolated in my world of all of my time and attention going to this business. So the people that I was constantly surrounding myself with were my staff, were my students. And I had no outlet anymore to talk about my stresses, which often involved them and this business. And it just turned into one situation after another where I went through so much trauma, so much hurt. I got pushed and pushed and pushed to a breaking point, which is what ended me or which caused me to be in the hospital for a suicide attempt because I couldn't do it anymore. And I felt like everyone in this world hated me and I must be a bad person because if you grew up in that environment of constantly being told you're selfish or you're not worthy or whatever, you believe that you deserve the bad things that happen to you. You believe that you must be doing something to cause them. And sometimes it's more of a, you're causing them because you don't set boundaries, because you don't speak up for yourself. You don't do the things that you want to do or say what you want to say. You don't show up authentically because you don't feel safe to do so. But it's not about being a bad person. I, I have so many clients that have at one point or another believed they must have done something to deserve the bad things that happened to them. And that was a belief that I carried within me too. There was a moment where two of my employees, my former employees, had acted out horribly at an event. And it was an event where we were supposed to perform. The organizer of said event wasn't organized, didn't get everything set up for us to actually perform. And they were upset and they were mad. And that was rightful, but how they acted out was not okay. And after it was over, I had to let them go because the damage done was just horrendous. And then they went and they wrote nasty reviews about me online, said really horrible personal things about my physical body, my parenting and all of this other stuff. And I looked at my partner at the time and said, am I a bad person? I must be a bad person for this to be happening. And my toxic ex in that moment even was like, no. Why would you think you're a bad person? They, they fucked up. But that was how my mind worked. That was what I believed at core, that I must deserve all of this shit because I am inherently bad. I am inherently wrong. I'm inherently not enough. And many of us that grow up with that conditioning believe that. So what happens in our careers is when something doesn't go right, we feel slighted and hurt, but there's this little voice in the back of your head being like, see, I knew you wouldn't make it. I knew you wouldn't get that promotion. I knew you wouldn't get that client. I knew you wouldn't get that job. I knew that launch wouldn't work right. 
because you believe that you don't deserve to have it and that you're not good enough for it. That's what many of us carry. We'll see little opportunities come our way or we'll get excited about an idea, a project, a launch, a business, right? And then things will fall flat because there's this inherent belief that you don't get that. And that came from childhood. And it's something that until you face it, it will keep showing up over and over again, which was true for me. That was how I spent most of my career in that business. And when I got out of the hospital, after things really just came to a head, I started getting help to break all this down. We spent the first year or so just really working on my coping skills, getting me out of a trauma state, right? And then we started breaking down everything that had happened. The ways that I set no boundaries in this business, the ways that I didn't even create what I wanted, and then really questioning, even with healing, could I make this be what I wanted it to be, what I had wanted all along? And I struggled with that answer back and forth for quite some time, quite a few years actually, as I was going through and unpacking everything. I was unpacking so much trauma from that business, the times where people I felt ganged up on and manipulated and hurt the ways that I had suffered financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, even sexually, because there was also that. The amount of times that I was asked, whether it be performing or by students or staff, to hypersexualize myself in ways that I didn't feel in control of, which was just adding to past traumas of having my body used. The ways that I felt like I had to maintain this ability and physique that I could never measure up to in an industry that I wasn't even really in love with. If I was gonna be per perfectly honest, I wasn't. I had set so little boundaries that I had even gone through an a sexual assault from a student because early on for a few years, again, my entire life was wrapped up in that business. The people I was hanging out with outside of the studio were my staff and students. There was no way to set any boundaries because there was such a blur in lines. And that affected everything. So one night, all of us out. After two drinks, I don't remember anything and I wake up in a bed. That's how far it went. That's how far the trauma went. I had set no boundary. And, and that is not to say that I deserved what had happened that night. It's to say that There was such little separation between my personal life and my professional life 
that I didn't even have the opportunity to say no to an event like that. To say no to going out with certain people that I didn't necessarily feel 100% comfortable with, but I let myself do it anyway. This is all trauma from feeling like I had to do things I didn't want to do, be things I didn't want to be, and create a business I didn't really want to create so that someone would finally say, you're good enough. I love you. You're worthy. You're a good person. And there's a certain amount of manipulation in that. Don't get me wrong. Like people pleasing is an act of manipulation. It's not conscious and it's not with the intention of doing harm to other people. It's actually intention to do harm to yourself because you're never giving people the chance to really see what you want and see who you are when you do that. And many of us do it. Again, we settle for things in personal life and professional life that we don't want to do, but we do it because we think that's the only way we're going to be liked. We're going to get anywhere and that we're going to be accepted. And oftentimes it doesn't get us where we want to get. It really doesn't. I have so many clients that when they finally started speaking up for what they actually wanted, what kind of career they wanted, hours, pay, what projects they would accept and not accept, all of those things, that's when they started making improvements in their, in their career. That's when they started making improvements in their finances. I have a few clients that are earning over 40% more even if a bit more than that, there's a few that earn up to 60% more. Now, by finally setting all the boundaries and being authentically them, than they ever would have just by, you know, continuing to do what everybody expected of them. Because they set a precedent that they were quiet and meek and a pushover. And they would never rock the boat. And all that was happening under is they were doing harm to themselves, pushing themselves to work more, to be underpaid, to do more, and to do things that they didn't even want to do. And then they weren't trusting themselves to speak up when they had ideas or thoughts on what was being done and how it could be done better that would have gotten them more money, more responsibility in ways that they wanted. But this was all a fear of not being enough and being seen as selfish or being afraid of judgment, right? We do this in so many areas. So for myself, when I finally started really recognizing after doing a lot of work on creating coping skills and releasing some of that trauma, I spent some time trying to understand what I actually wanted and if I could make this career the right one for me. In that time, I started building out this coaching business and 
I kept trying and trying to find a way to make it work. Stepping away from teaching and stuff more, hiring more people. And, you know, I had some good people and I had some great relationships. But what was coming down to it is I built something in so much trauma and so much pain that there was just no way it was going to sustain itself. There was no way it was going to be purchased by the right people or continue on because it just wasn't built from a place of love, of support. It took on the energy of all of that pain and all of that trauma. And there was nothing I could do to change that. So there was just a moment where I decided, okay, I've done all I could do to try to salvage this for other people. When the reality was, at the end of it, many of those people didn't reach out to say any, you know, words of gratitude or sadness for it closing or anything. And again, that's not to to play victim to it. It was just more of an eye-opening, like, what I had put myself through in this hopes of continuing something for other people because I didn't want to let them down wasn't necessary. It wasn't that big of a deal. It didn't matter. And that's okay. It was just a a moment of realization and another growth of seeing how important it truly is to put yourself first, to be authentic to who you are and to what you want. And taking the time to release that and to really understand what it is that I want now that, you know, all I do is coach What is it that I want from that? What makes me happy? Are there any areas of this that I'm still trying to please other people that I need to stop and let go of? So if you're listening to this and, you know, kind of wondering where this is all going, bear with me a little bit longer. If you find yourself being that person that You're not totally satisfied in your career life, your work life, your finances. Sit down and write out these questions. Ask yourself first what it is that you're not entirely satisfied with. Follow that up with why do you allow it? Why do you think you uphold it? Then ask yourself, is there any parallel between this and any messaging, any lessons or conditioning that I grew up with? When you have all that, just take some time to grieve and to process anything that comes up because there's going to be things that come up. You're going to see connection points to how you grew up, what messaging you received growing up, and how you show up in your business or work now. After that, sit down and think about what you do want. Think about what it is that you actually want to do with your life. 
What kind of hours do you want to work? What kind of career do you want? How much do you actually want to earn? And then ask yourself what you get out of not having that and what your life would look like if you did. It's really important to ask yourself what you get out of not having that. Because for me, what I got out of not giving myself the pay and the hours and the, and the boundaries that I truly wanted and the life that I wanted with the friendships that I wanted was I got to maintain the belief that I wasn't enough. Because if I let myself be enough, if I let myself be authentic and that didn't work out, right? This was the fear in my head. If that didn't work out, then what would happen? I would crumble. That's, that's what I thought. So I got out of maintaining all of that feeling like I was working toward being a better person because I was making everything for other people and I got to uphold this belief that I was a selfish person if I actually did for myself. So I didn't do that because I didn't want to be selfish. And the truth of the matter was I was never selfish growing up. I had needs and wants that were adequate and deserving to have. I just had a mother that wasn't capable of giving them to me or didn't want to. Me putting myself first is a radical act of self-love. And doing that has actually brought more people into my life that I truly connect with and love. Or changed relationships with people in ways that are supportive and loving. I, I make more money. I feel more fulfillment. So make sure that you pay attention to where it is or what it is that you get out of not giving yourself what you want. Because that's going to answer some really honest questions for you. From there, it's going to take some work. And I absolutely encourage you to get support with this. For the month of November, I'm actually offering 30 th free calls. Yes, 30. I said 30. I never do this. I've never done it. So please book one and let's talk about this. Let's talk about getting you into a place where you feel like you can ask for exactly what you want. You can earn the money that you want. You can work the hours that you want. You can do the things that you want in your life and in your career. Because I'm going to tell you now, if I had actually gotten myself the support that I wanted way back when, the business that I created would have been very different. Again, who knows what that would have looked like, but it would have been very, very different. And I could have saved myself a lot of pain and trauma that I didn't need to go through. It's been gone through which has given me amazing insights and tools and abilities to relate to people that have gone through lives feeling inauthentic, feeling not enough, feeling unworthy and fearing being selfish or being seen. I've been there. I understand it. I understand it more than many people do. 
So I'm at least using that now to help others. And what I've found is a lot of my clients move through this work a lot faster because they get all of my juicy insight of what not to do and what to do. So I encourage you to book the call. Again, I'm offering 33 call, 30 free calls in the month of November. And I hope that this gives you some insight. If nothing else, sit with the questions that I gave you. Ask yourself them. Know that your experiences are not unique. And I don't say that to say like there's nothing about you that's special. I say it to normalize what you've been through because a lot of us feel like there's something wrong with us. We must be inherently horrible if we've been through these things or something really wrong with us that we have. There's not. We just grew up in a lot of shit that has affected other parts of our lives. So I hope this helps. If it did, please reach out. Let me know your thoughts, your feelings. Share your own stories. I would love to hear them. And I'm here to support you and help.